Abroad in Education is a podcast that unpacks the international suitcase through interviews with EdPats. EdPats are expatriates working in education and living in some of the most beautiful places around the globe. I'm your host, Tiffany Lachelle, and you can find out more about me at abroadineducation.com. And now, the show. All around the world. It's so fulfilling, it's so fulfilling. Yeah, stamps on plow. I thought going there that, you know, I would make friends with a lot of the Emiratis and they would invite us to their homes and they would come to our homes and that even at school we would work together as a team and Going in, I thought that we were coming into their country to basically be facilitators for them, to help them, to guide them, you know, in the classroom, with teaching, instruction. That's what that's what I thought going into the position. But um, that's not what happened. Welcome to episode five of Abroad in Education. In this episode, you'll hear a dialogue between myself and Naima, who is an EdPat that was living in Abu Dhabi. Currently, she is working in Saudi Arabia, as being an EdPat always allows us to look for that next international engagement. In this episode, you'll hear about her experience in working in Abu Dhabi. You'll hear about the dynamics of her school and some of the things that she had to go through in the classroom. And then you'll also hear some of the things that she experienced being an African-American woman in the Middle East. Naima, where did you live abroad and what was your profession and the position that you held while you were there? Okay, I was in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. I was a teacher and I taught second and third grade English subjects I taught were math and science and um English and um I I was there for two years what part of Abu Dhabi were you living in I was in the city area Reem Island oh okay so as far as I know Reem Island is one of those places where you have a lot of those tall buildings and you know you're living this luxurious life from New York so it really gave me a feel of New York being in a high-rise building. It's really city life. You, you People wouldn't even understand it. It's really city life there. I liked it. It was very luxurious. We had um, a fitness center inside our building. We had a grocery store. They had a building, um, a mall inside of our um, building where I lived. So, I mean, anything you needed was right there at, your, at the tip of your finger. You didn't really have to leave your apartment if you didn't want to. Okay. And you said that you were working at a school. What was your school like? Okay, so I worked for Abu Dhabi Attic, which is um, Abu Dhabi Education Council. So I was placed in one of their local schools. So I taught actual Emirati children. And um, the experience was, it was different. It was different than what I'm accustomed to in um, the States. Um They just started this initiative to reform their school system maybe for the last six years maybe now. 
And so it hasn't been long, so they still have a lot of systems and, you know, processes that are out of sync that they're still trying to get together, work together now. So it, it was, it was, it was definitely an experience. Okay. So walk me through a typical day of what it felt like working and living in Abu Dhabi. You would wake up in the morning and the sun would be bright. Like it, like it didn't even go down. The sun was so bright over there. <laughs> anyway, um, the drive to work was, it was, it, they, they have a lot of traffic, just like, you know, we have here in the United States. Um, sometimes the roads seem like it was like a racetrack because people drive ridiculously fast over there. It's almost like you have to pray for your life. <laughs> and then sometimes you get it, wake up in the morning and you have a sandstorm and, or a fog storm, a fog where you can't even see like the building across the street, which we love those days because then you know teachers went to work late. We were able to go to work late, and the kids, you know, wouldn't even come to school. You would get there, and at the beginning of the day, they would have their the pledge, and they would sing to the flag and recite from the Quran, and they would have a little program. The kids would go to class. We would teach three subjects for 50-minute increments. Our work day was probably, what, seven and a half hours um, at work. It, you know, it was just, it was different because they had custodians, and the custodians were all women because I worked at an all-girls school. So whenever it came to, like, having the heavy lifting and stuff done around the building, these women were the ones doing it. You know, whereas in America, it would be like, you know, male custodians that would do the heavy lifting and all those things. And those ladies were, wait, you know, waited on the Arab teachers hand and, you know, foot. We didn't get that same privilege. You know, they, they had time to have tea and sleep throughout the day um, in their cultural room because they didn't teach. The Arab teachers didn't teach the same amount of hours that we taught the expat teachers would have a professional development after work that could last an hour, could last two. Um, they may speak in English and they may not. But you were still um, required to be at the meeting. Um, after, one thing I loved about being over there is they don't take their work home with them. After, you, after work, it's, it's your time. And so after work, we would, you know, maybe go to dinner, explore Abu Dhabi, um, the weekends were great because if you wanted to, you can head out of town, um, flights to other different countries. Around. It, it was really a great experience. I, I saw a lot. I traveled a lot. I met great people. I had great experiences. It was really a great experience for me. Okay. So now that you've shifted a little bit into your personal life, tell me about a little bit about what was it like being there? Were there a lot of other Americans there? Okay, so on Ream Island, and, and if anyone knows anything about Ream Island, that's where a lot of expats live. And so, which you would find, they have so many expats in that one area. We all kind of started moving together, um, going different places together. And believe it or not, the expat community is, is, is really large. And in Abu Dhabi, it's more expats anyway they have more expats than local people i believe i believe but um i felt like i was assimilating there you know you still had the language barrier of course and 
you know, when you go to the stores, most people speak English, but not perfect English or they just spoke enough English to get by. So you would have, you know, things, you know, issues where you're trying to communicate and you're having, you know, people not understand what you're saying. That was frustrating sometimes for, for yeah, the, the people that I hung with were, majority, they were Americans. I mean, you had sometimes when you might meet other people from maybe like the UK or Africa or other places, but um, for the most part, it was other Americans that I hung with for the majority of the time. Let's, let's go into that because I know that you know, when a person kind of starts to, to get their mind frame around being in another country, you know, we start to build these expectations of what it is that we're going to experience. You know, you try to mentally prepare for how you're going to, you know, go through this experience. So what were your expectations before you got to Abu Dhabi? And then kind of compare that to the actual experience that you engaged in. Okay. So that, you know, I would make friends with a lot of the Emiratis and they would invite us to their homes and they would come to our homes and that even at school we would work together as a team and going in I thought that we were coming into their country to basically be facilitators for them to help them to guide them you know, in the classroom with teaching, instruction. That's what that's what I thought going into the position. But um, that's not what happened. Sometimes I felt like just an indentured worker. You know, like they bring you in and you do what they say. And if you don't, then there's, there's consequences, you know. Um, so that was different for me. And just with the the relationships with them, with the, their religion is so strict that they're not allowed to come to our home and they're not allowed to form relationships outside of, I guess, work with us. And they were friendly at work, you know, they would speak, but that was about it. And also they told us that the schools would have everything we need as far as technology, resources, and when we got there, it didn't, and I was so shocked because, you know, the UAE is such a rich country, but um, they, they lacked a lot of resources. That, that, those are some of the things that, you know, I experienced that I didn't think I would experience hmm. going into that situation. So tell me a little bit more about that. So how did that, like you're talking about, I know we're shifting back into the classroom, but you're talking about... Um, being under-resourced and not, you know, being able to be the typical teacher that you were used to being. How did you deal with that? Well, you learn to adjust. When in Rome, you do what the Romans do. And and that's what I had to do. I I would say I had to dig deep. Like, if if I didn't think I was a teacher before, then I had to become one then. Because kids, they don't speak English. Some spoke maybe one word English and that was a whole nother challenge in itself because you were responsible for teaching them how to read and you know they wanted to see growth it was it was very challenging and I had to dig deep I had to be creative you know going into it when they recruit you from America they make it seem like it's really going to be this great situation for you as an educator but when you go there you see that it's it's completely different so tell me about 
the motivations that encouraged you to even want to teach abroad? I was just at the point, I had just finished my master's and um, got ready to go into administration yet because I got my master's in leadership and supervision. I wasn't really prepared, didn't think I was ready to go into leadership yet. I wanted to go away and teach in another country and then come back and bring something a little bit more to, you know, my profession here in the States. And um, and then I just wanted to, to travel. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted my career to pay for itself, you know. So Abu Dhabi, I had a friend who was talking to me about it, and I just got curious. I talked to the young lady, and I was putting my application, and it just went from there. I can't say that it was any big revelation I had that made me say, let's go overseas, but um, I'm glad I didn't. Tell me about that process when you decided to, you know, submit applications. What did that look like as far as even applying for a position there? Right. So I went through Teach Away. That's the um, recruitment agency for the United Arab Emirates. So basically you put in your application, you apply to, they have the positions for the different countries. I applied to the UAE. They were the first give you a phone interview. If you pass the phone interview, then you're invited to come to the formal interview. I flew out to New York. I interviewed for the position. They called us like within a week or two. You turn in all that paperwork, it's like a waiting game because then they send you a ticket. I think it came last week in July of 2014 and I had to leave like by the end of July so so once you get the ticket you only have like four or five days to leave and then how many people were hired or do you know how many people were hired as far as you know through the same process that you were going through well I know with the group that I came in with it was over 300 teachers oh it was over 300 of us that came at the same time, you know, from different places mm-hmm. in um, America. So if that's just from what I know of, but I'm sure it's more. I'm sure it's way more. Because when I left Abu Dhabi, it was 600 teachers that were leaving when I was leaving. And they still have teachers there. So. so let me ask you this, because one of my assumptions about Abu Dhabi is you know, with me being a world traveler, I've I've traveled to many places. Um, I've also worked in other countries. And I just feel like there's something special about the UAE because this is one of the places where I have seen most, um, I'd say the most amount of Black people that are working over there. Did you find that within the group, specifically the 300 that came in with you, did you find that within that group that there were quite a few African-American teachers that were being recruited. Absolutely. And, and, and it was a majority African-American, actually, which, which was surprising to me. So one of the things about you um, that makes you, you know, more interesting as far as having this international experience is the fact that you've gone over there and now you have come back. How has that international experience influenced what it is that you're doing now. I was in Abu Dhabi for two years, and there's no way that you can walk away from that experience and not have changed or grown. 
I, I would say that my perspective on life has completely changed because, and, and I wouldn't even say it's just from me being in Abu Dhabi. For me, just being able to travel to other countries like Africa, you know, someplace I've always wanted to go and see how the people live, you know, and be able to sit down and talk with them. And, you know, they learn from me and I learned from them. I went to Africa and someone was teaching me about the different tribes and how I can kind of trace which tribe that maybe I'm from, just based off the fact that my family is West Indian. Um, that gave me goosebumps. Going to places like India where people have nothing, absolutely almost, you know, no running water, but yet and still they seem so peaceful and so happy and they don't, like they're not lacking anything, you know. Their family unit is strong, it's intact, it's in place. You know, um, these places like the pyramids, you know, we've learned about for so many years and I'm standing right there in front of it this little African-American girl from Brooklyn, New York, standing right in front of the pyramids that I learned so much about. I went to see, you know, the Coliseums. There's no way I could walk away from that and not be changed. So I've walked away very cultured, you know. I talked to so many people who were there, and I would say all of our best parts were being able to go to these other countries and see some of these places we've never, ever seen or probably would not have seen if we didn't so that kind of takes me into, um, you know, you mentioned that, especially with you being in Africa and being able to have those experiences, talking to people about tribes and, you know, finding more out about your identity. Um, what was it like being a black woman, not just in Abu Dhabi, but overseas? What are the some what are some of the experiences that you've had? Wow, that's a good question. For instance, when I went to Thailand, um, a lot of the people in Thailand are, I want to say, uh, darker complexion than what you would see on maybe the me- in the media. They always would show them a little lighter. But I, when I got into Thailand and went to, like, the outskirts, I saw people my complexion. I'm, I'm a brown-skinned African-American. So that was interesting for me to see because they would see me, i see them, and, they, and I had one man say to me, he was like, you, you like me, you like us, you my complexion. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. And then the thing that they were so curious was my hair. They all wanted to touch my hair. So and, and I didn't look at it as them being racist. It's like something they probably are not used to seeing. I had braids one time. And I went to Sri Lanka and they were like, oh, ropes, ropes. You know, they wanted to touch it. It was different from them, even though... You know, them and I are like the same complexion. It was just, I, I was different, you know? And I experienced that a lot. In Abu Dhabi, I I did experience racism. And it was from the Emiratis. And um, one, it, it seems like if you're African, you come from Africa. Um, and when they realize that you are black and from the States, you, they, you're treated differently. So... Once they find out that I'm not African and I'm not from Af- I'm not Af- from Africa, but I'm from the States, I would be talked to a little bit more respectfully. And um, I-, I noticed that right away. And a lot of the Filipinos would do that with me. And um, I also would wear, like, my hair in braids and wear a bun and go to work. And my principal would ask me not to wear my hair like that because it scared my students, which 
it's weird because my students always wanted to touch my hair. Even when I wore the bun, they wanted to touch it. But she said, no, it scared the kids. And oh. I was asked to wear something on my head. Because we're not Muslim, so we shouldn't have to cover our head. You know, the one thing, just being able to find products for our hair out there, that was a little hard. So I didn't think about the fact that they would not have a black hair salon, black, you know, beauty supply store in Abu Dhabi, because I just thought that they would have one, but those were some of the things that they didn't have. I remember going out one time, and, you know, I was with some friends, and they were from the UK, and they were white. Some men were at the bar, you know, came to where we were. Most of the men, because, you know, I was black, they thought that I was a prostitute, because that's what's thought over there for black women that most of us are prostitutes. How, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate through that? You know, is it... The best that you can. The best that you can because they may speak English and they may not. <laughs> and you have to explain, no, I'm not a prostitute. And sometimes they argue and you down say, yes, you, you, you prostitute. <laughs> you black, you prostitute. No, seriously. And you're like, what? It's a thing you have to remove yourself from the environment, from, from that situation. So, so being in Abu Dhabi and, and not Abu Dhabi specifically, but, you know, especially when you are traveling to a Muslim country, um, a lot of people have this assumption that it's very strict. Um, you know, you can't, you know, drive, you can't be a woman, you know, you, you can't, you know, live a liberal life. How, what was your experience and how do you feel about that? Right. Um, don't believe what you see on TV and what you hear through the media, because it's nothing like that. I mean, we were free to go and come as we please. I mean, you know, you, you need to be mindful that you're in a country that have these rules and regulations. You didn't have to wear the abaya around town, but I mean, you did have to, you did feel the need to be a little appropriate, you know? And you know, in our community, we could wear shorts and, you know, and that's, people even wore those in the mall too, you know? I, I think whenever you went to like the public facilities, the Emirates Palace, if you have shorts on, they would ask you, they would not let you in. Oh, okay. So, Yes, and sometimes if you're in the mall, you know, people will look at you a little to rest, had your arms out. <laughs> but for the most part, I think that we were respectful of their culture. I mean, you come and go as you please. You do, you go to the movies, you can go to restaurants, they have a nightlife, they have a lot of activities, it's always something to do. If you're not busy every weekend, that's because you choose not to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you can definitely have a social life. I mean, they have yacht parties. It's always something going on. Always. When you have people ask you, oh, well, I've been thinking about, you know, moving abroad. I want to teach abroad. What is your response? I always say people should have, have their experience. No two people's experience is going to be the same. I would always tell someone to, you know, definitely make sure that's something that you really want to do. You You have to... Be mindful of the fact that you're going to another country, and it's not going to be the same. There are going to be some differences, some changes, but um, I would definitely encourage them to do it. I would never tell anyone not to do it because.
because I had a great time. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I really appreciate you being honest and transparent with your experience. And thank you, thank you. Before you go, don't forget that you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at abroad underscore in underscore ed. And you can always find me on my website, www.abroadeneducation.com.